You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 20. Today is an exciting day because we are celebrating 20 episodes of the Hello Awesome Podcast. Isn't that crazy? When God placed this on my heart last year to bring forth a podcast that talked about the hard things we believers need to discuss in this modern world, I wasn't sure how it was going to go. Honestly, I was so nervous and scared to step out and do something that was totally different from what I have been seeing out there. And when February 4th came around this year and the podcast was officially launched, I was nervous. I was scared. I didn't know what to do, but all I knew was that God had given me a vision and God had placed a burden in my heart to bring forth something totally different. And you guys have responded with so much excitement and I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. I truly couldn't have done this without you. All of your DMs and messages saying how this podcast has helped you and how it's inspired you and just the reviews and the screenshots that I get of you guys listening to the episode every week. I am just so blessed and so honored that God has given me this opportunity to bless you and to bring forth a different kind of ministry. And so here we go. This is the 20th episode of the podcast and I am bringing you another interview as a surprise because normally the format I have for the show is after an interview, there is a solo show. Well, that is not today. I'm going to do my solo show next week, but today I have a special interview with Corey Taylor from New Beginnings. Now, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that I want to bring forth those hard topics for us to discuss that nobody else seems to be talking about in the church, and this includes adoption and abortions. Now, I've said many times that it's not a political show. This is not a political episode. I'm not a political host. But there are different topics that we should still discuss. And in this day and age, abortion right now is the hot topic. Unfortunately, no matter where you turn, people are talking about it in the media. And I wanted to really talk about it with somebody who is on the front lines. And God truly made a way for me to talk about it with Corey and to be able to share it with you today. Now, Corey talks to these young women face to face. She is hearing testimony after testimony. She is seeing the hard, real life issues and situations that these young women are being put in. And so I feel like she is a voice right now standing in the middle of somebody's mess. And I'm really hoping and praying that God will have his way through this episode and he will bring forth some truth into this conversation. So in this episode, you will hear Corey's testimony on how she was adopted. You will also hear what she has gone through, through some of the situations on the front lines, working with young women who um, have unplanned pregnancies. And we also talk about what it looks like to truly be pro-life, to be a giver instead of just having words to say, but actually putting action to those words. I urge you to take some quiet time today to listen to this episode and let Corey's words really touch your heart and let the Lord work on you to show you where you can be a blessing to those in need today. So here we go, the 20th episode of the podcast, episode number 20 that I am calling How to Be Pro-Life with Corey Taylor. You're listening to the Hello Awesome podcast. I'm JC, and this is the place where we get real, sharing truthful insights that will encourage us to make intentional choices in both life and business. 
I want to start conversations that not many young Christians today are having. Will you join me? This podcast is brought to you by my new book, The Glitter Effect. Have you ever spilled glitter? It's almost impossible to get every speck back into the bottle. This is exactly how our influence is with the people around us. What we say and do matters, especially if we are to reflect Christ. Are you ready to leave behind a legacy that shines for Him? Then grab your copy today on Amazon by searching for The Glitter Effect or head to the show notes for a direct link. Hey guys, welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. I am so excited. I know I say that all the time when I have guests on, but I really get excited when I talk to people that I really admire and who I know are going to bring you just some great words of wisdom. And today we have Corey Taylor and she works at New Beginnings. And Corey, I am so grateful that you took the time to be on the podcast today. Please take a few minutes to introduce yourself, who you are, and what you do. Yes, um, JC, thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. I've never done a podcast before. So, but um, I, my name is Corey Taylor. A little bit personally, I have been married for um, almost 17 years this year, and we have three children. Um, and I'm a social worker, and I'm also the executive director at New Beginnings. I have been at New Beginnings for 16 years. I started out as the secretary. My parents both were working at New Beginnings. My dad had taken over as director. My mom was over social services. And so I started out just doing some secretarial work part-time. And we were very small back then. And so uh, as I, you know, as we, when we started to grow, I moved from secretary and I moved into some domestic services with adoption. Um, and then I moved uh, to our maternity care center. New Beginnings has a, a full maternity care center that girls can come and stay at during their pregnancy. Uh, now I'm, I'm still at the care center and uh, my duties are kind of just all over the place. I do several different, um, different jobs within the agency. During my time at the care center, though, I had um, I was able to concentrate on finishing my degree. I went back to graduate school, and so now I just uh, I'm mostly oversee domestic adoption in our home study department, and I still do do the maternity care center um, when we have girls that stay with us. And so, you know, New Beginnings has been a part of my life since I was little. Um, my mom has worked at New Beginnings since I was probably. I don't know, eight or nine. She's been there for a very long time. And so it, I feel like, you know, New Beginnings has kind of always been a part of our lives. <laughs> That's amazing. I love to hear that, that it's a family business. So before I got in contact with you, I actually spoke to your mother on the phone and she informed me that you were actually adopted from Korea. And I thought that was so interesting and and what an amazing testimony. So can you please share your journey and how God orchestrated that part of your life? Yes, absolutely. And so, you know, it's so amazing to me to kind of look back, you know, over the past, I'm uh, 37 and just look, you know, back over the past 37 years and just see kind of how God, you know, has his hand on your life and how he orchestrates things in your life. And I, I you know, my parents, when they adopted uh, me, they lived in Wisconsin. My dad um, was in construction and my mom was a stay at home mom. I'm sure they, you know, never thought that their lives would be adoption. But um, mm. 
So that's kind of where it started. And I was adopted when I was six months old from South Korea. And um, a few years later, about three years later, they adopted um, my sister. Um, she wasn't my biological sister, but, you know, she's my sister now. And so she was three months old. And so they um, they just have her and I, um, they moved to Mississippi when we were around, I was around five, I believe. And my dad actually, we moved to Mississippi to, um, he was he took a position at the Tupelo Children's Mansion. And he worked there until I was about 18. We grew up in, with the children, the residents of the Tupelo Children's Mansion. Um, and I, when I turned 18 is when he decided to transition and move to uh, start working in, at New Beginnings. Um, a lot of people think that they're the same ministry, but they're actually two very separate, separate ministries, just the same town. And so, um, but we, we loved growing up at the, you know, growing up when he worked at the mansion, my husband actually was, um, that's how I met my husband. He was a resident at the mansion. And so, um, you know, I think it's so interesting, like I said, to look back because we, we, I grew up around, um, you know, children from broken homes, you know, orphan children. And so I guess, you know, it was just, destined for me to go into social work and work with kids and families. It's just been kind of our whole lives. Yeah, that's amazing. God is so good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is with the whole conversation of uh, adoption and abortion, there are so many narratives out there in the media right now and being pushed by Hollywood and even some in more liberal Christian circles. And I don't want to make this a political episode at all. Um, we have plenty of content like that out in the world. But what's one thing that you keep hearing about in those popular conversations that you being on the front lines and the background that you have, you can say, actually, no, here are the facts. Well, I think the one thing, um, we were just at a ladies' conference and I spoke about this. And I think one thing that is really um Really, I've heard this theme so often, um, the same thing is, you know, the world and Planned Parenthood and Hollywood and, you know, when they talk about abortion, they talk about, you know, just being a mass of tissue or just a clump of cells. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they very much make abortion seem like a very simple, natural, um, you know, nonchalant procedure. And so and they don't really talk about you know, some of the long-term um, repercussions as far as emotionally and, and sometimes even physically. And so the, the thing I think that has spoken the loudest to me is um, we have worked with numerous girls who have come to us and they have been drug addicted and, you know, homeless or, or possibly even, you know, selling their bodies for money or drugs, you know, living not by any means what we would consider moral. But what they'll say to us when we say, you know, why do you want to choose adoption? And they'll say, well, we're not in a position to parent and we've had an abortion before and we could never do that again. And that really speaks so loudly to me because these girls are not, they're not living at all a wholesome life. Like I said, you know, they, they, they'll be doing drugs. They may be stealing. They may be, you know, just kind of doing what they can to get by. But the one thing that they know is that they cannot go through that again. And, you know, that has really um, spoken to me. And I've had a lot of girls the last few years with that story that, 
you know, I've had an abortion and I just can't do it again. I just cannot do it again. It haunts them to this day. And, um, you know, we've heard testimony after testimony of people who've had abortions that just say, you know, I still struggle with, you know, I know the Lord's forgiven me, but I still struggle with just the guilt. And, you know, um, it's just, it can be a very painful emotional experience. And it's, it's, you know, it, it can be lifelong, uh, you know, if you don't get, you know, help and healing. So. Wow. That's incredible. And you definitely don't hear that enough, um, if at all. And that's one of the no. reasons why I wanted to, to ask that question is because you're there and you're talking to these girls face to face. And I think that's really the key is the media likes to have all these narratives, like I said, and they make up all these scenarios and it's almost like they romanticize about how things go. But when you're on the front lines every day, there's some facts that need to come up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, for me, one of the things that have been really bothering me is I hear a lot of, oh, you're not pro-life, you're only pro-birth. After the baby is born, you don't seem to care. So I want to know, how can we put our burden into action so we're not just saying empty words without giving? I have heard that a lot, that you're pro-life, you're pro-birth, but you, you know, after that, you don't seem to care. And the thing that I think, you know, um, as an as an adoption agency, um, obviously, you know, we offer postnatal services to our to our girls. We have a lot of um, of safeguards that we put to ensure that our babies go to the best families who that can that can give them opportunities that their birth you know birth parents could not provide, and that's why they choose adoption. But you know, I think you know when people say that they're speaking more to us as individuals or to us as a church. And the thing that, um, you know, when I was thinking about some of this today as I was preparing for this podcast, the scripture um, came to me that, you know, that what Jesus saying that the second greatest commandment is, you know, that we should love our neighbors as ourselves. And I think, you know, if we really put that into practice, you know, uh, that that will, to me, that shows that we are, we're pro-life, we're pro-all life, whether you're disabled, whether you're elderly, whether you are, um, you know, a minority you know, we're, we're pro for everyone and for every life, every life matters. And I think, you know, on an individual or community basis, that can look like, um, you know, offering the babysit for a single mom and, you know, so she can have some mom time. We know how important that is. Um, you know, we can offer, you know, you know, we can be small things. We can buy her a pack of diapers. Um, you know, we can get her a gift card. Um, you know, as, as, a, as a youth group or as a church, you know, you can volunteer at your local crisis pregnancy center. A lot of those places, um, they operate strictly um, with volunteers. So, I mean, everything that they do is volunteer basis. And so, uh, you know, um, I think foster parenting, um, you know, we can foster to adopt and we can adopt. Um, I think that, you know, there's so many things that we can do on so many different levels, um, you know, that we can show that, look, we, you know, we do, we are pro-life and we want, you know, we want to advocate for all life. And so, um, you know, I think we just need to get that conversation started and, you know, show people what that looks like. Absolutely. I do agree with what you said. And I, and I love that you said that you can do just the little things because I think when we look at this um, issue, it seems almost bigger than us because it really is. And so we almost feel overwhelmed that we end up not doing anything. And so I love that right. you said just do something simple and, you know, something that can just help one life at a time. 
just start that ripple, you know, just start that ripple effect. And, you know, we never know what'll, you know, you know, how we will affect and who, what impact we'll make on whose life. And, you know, they will go on to, you know, make even greater impact for with, um, you know, in society. So, yeah, absolutely. Right. So in your words, can you share with me what does pro-life mean? You know, I believe that if we, um, you know, we follow the scripture, Matthew 22, verse 39, and I believe if we love, you know, our neighbors as ourselves, and we, um, you know, we will value all life, you know, we'll, we will value all the people that we've talked about. Um, you know, New Beginnings, our ministry, we focus on the, the orphan and the unborn. Um, we also, New Beginnings has an orphanage and um, that we support in Nepal. And so um, we also advocate for um, special needs children in China and try to find them, them homes. So, you know, that is what New Beginnings as a ministry focuses on. But, you know, for me, to me, um, you know, being pro-life truly means, you know, just living the Bible in our everyday life and, you know, seeing where can I help? Where can I bless someone else? Um, what can I do for my neighbor, um, you know, put them above, you know, my own needs, which is very hard today because we're all so busy. So I, I need yeah. to practice it more. <laughs> yeah, it is very difficult. But I think now we do have a lot more uh, avenues that we can help, even if it's not maybe face to face, but maybe it's something, you know, like giving online or groceries or something, you know, put in order to a young mom or, you know, things like that. I think we have to start thinking outside of the box. And um, I think we've kind of looked at pro-life as this huge thing in it. And it, it is, but um, like you were saying, just that one-on-one start that ripple. I think that's going to make the difference. Absolutely. So you started a campaign for young believers called Be Brave and your mother shared a little bit about that and I've heard of it too I've seen it all over social media and it's amazing I I applaud you for that because that's such a great idea how did that develop and how have you seen God work through it well um you know of course all the you know glory goes to God because you know I believe that we're just his instruments but it truly is amazing um we went to youth congress um I think in the the Youth Congress in Oklahoma. So it's been several years ago and we went representing New Beginnings and we took our display, we set it up there and we just, you know, there's thousands of young people there and they were just not engaging with us. We, they were not interested in New Beginnings. I think they felt like, you know, we're not pregnant. We don't want to adopt. So we're, we're not interested. And so, um, you know, it really got me thinking that, you know, we, and, but we also see girls that come to us that say, I had no idea that you existed. Or every time uh, my mom, Debbie, goes to a ladies' conference, it seems like somebody will come up and say, oh, I wish I had known you existed, you know, five years ago. And so it's not that we, you know, we really just want the teens to know that we're here, but maybe you know what we're about. And so that really kind of started us thinking, okay, what are we missing? There's something, there's a piece missing here. And so, um, Tom and Debbie really tell a story very often to people, and it's about a young um, girl that came to New Beginnings. She was 16 years old, and her parents were UPC, her, her dad was a UPCI minister, and she had found herself in a crisis pregnancy. And so she was talking to us one day about how she, her first thought was abortion, and she actually went to an abortion clinic for a consultation. And so, you know, she talked us through how she, um, you know, they, when they went to do a sonogram, you know, they, they had the screen turned away. They don't want you to see the screen. And so she finally said, you know, what, what is that on the screen? What is that? And 
they said, well, that's the heart beating. And she said she immediately got up and said, I can't do this. And she left. But, you know, um, I know my dad tells us this story. And he said, I don't understand. He said, you grew up in a minister's home. Why was your first thought abortion? And she said, you know, my generation doesn't think like yours. And she said, we're not convinced that it's a sin because all that we hear is that it's a massive tissue. She said, and the church is not talking about about the issue. And so we hear that and and we've heard that from some of our younger um, girls that have come to us from the church. And so it's like, we've got the piece of the puzzle where we've got young girls who come from good families who have made a mistake. And then we also have the piece of girls who have lived hard lives and had abortions and they come to us and say, we can never do that again. And so it's like, we really, we've got, we're missing the piece that talks to the kids, to the girls about, um, and really not just the girls, because it's the young men are involved in this too. Um, and we felt like the piece was missing that said, guys, you know, if you find yourself in a crisis pregnancy, if your friend finds themselves in a crisis pregnancy, you know, you need to be brave and share with them that this is not the way to, this is not the solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a better solution. And so that was kind of how that campaign came about. And it's just, um, it's, it's been very orchestrated by God and he's, it's been very interesting to see how it's grown. That is an amazing story. Actually, I think there was a conference I was at where your mother had brought her and I had listened to her testimony. Yes. Okay. It was here in New England and that changed me because I wasn't brought up in the church, but you know, there are a lot of things out there that young people are hearing nowadays that are different and her testimony and just hearing that it broke my heart. Um, but it also gave me hope that what you are doing in new beginnings is actually making a difference and actually bringing these testimonies and these real life situations and, um, this hope to other young women who might be in the same position. Absolutely. And, um, you know, that's, that's awesome. You know, that's, that's all that we can hope for in, in the things that we do and the places that we travel. So that's awesome to hear that that had that good, that impact on you. Well, what would you say to the young girl who's facing a scary situation like that and is feeling maybe shame and embarrassed about seeking help for an unplanned pregnancy? You know, um, I would tell her, and we, we get these calls all the time, and, you know, sometimes they're from, you know, girls um, who are believers and who are already Christians, and sometimes they're, um, you know, they're not. But what I would tell her is that, you know, your life is not over. And, um, you know, I would tell her that, that, you know, that baby is the innocent, the innocent party to this situation. You know, no matter, no matter the situation, um, we've had girls who um, have made adoption plans, um, from, you know, they've been the victims of rape and even incest. And God has taken those horrible, ugly situations and turned them into just the most beautiful story. And so I would tell her that, you know, her life is not over. And, you know, if she's a Christian, you know, God's grace is enough to cover, you know, any sin. And this is just no exception. Um, you know, I would, you know, plead with her if she's not ready to be a parent and she, you know, feels like that this is just beyond her, you know, to to consider adoption. But, you know, you know, if she's at a place in her life where she's in a committed relationship and, you know, maybe seek counsel with her family and her pastor. But, you know, I would urge her to to choose life for that baby and she will never regret that decision ever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
New Beginnings specializes in adoptions, as you were talking about, and there are a lot of voices in the world condemning the child care system. That's part of the narratives that I've also been hearing. I'd like you to clarify for those listening how the process of adoption generally looks like for a family and the birth mother. Um, yes, um, you know, and I, I agree that there are lots of, there's so many different things that are said about um, adoption. And there's so many different processes with adoption as far as, um, you know, there's, there's international adoption, we've got domestic adoption, and then there's private adoption. And then there's also um, foster to adopt with your state. So, um, you know, this podcast isn't long enough to go into each individual one. Um, and every, every state has their own laws and regulations. So I'll speak for new beginnings, um, you know, the pro- and how, kind of how the process looks, you know, through our agency. But um, a birth mom can call us at any time in her pregnancy. Um, and, you know, we've had girls that we've worked with very early on um, up and then we'll walk through that whole process up until the nine month mark with them. And then we get calls. I was telling somebody the other day, I got a call on New Year's Day and um, this year and they said, you need to come to the hospital right now. Uh, I've got a, they had a young woman that wanted to make an adoption plan and she was about to be wheeled in back for C-section. So I literally had less than probably three minutes to go in talk to her and see, you know, kind of counsel with her for just a few minutes. And so um, (laughs) they can come to us at any time in the process. We've even had birth moms who have decided to parent and six months later, they've called us and said, I can't do this by myself. I need this child deserves more. And so it can, you know, the birth mother really can come to us at any time. Um, And so she, what she does is, you know, through Mississippi law, she, uh, um, she'll sign her papers, you know, consenting to the adoption. And she can do that anytime, um, 72 hours after the baby's born. And so it's a fairly simple process. Um, you know, here in Mississippi, she doesn't have to go, you know, before a court, before a judge. She just signs the papers with our social workers. And um, so that's kind of what that process looks like. And then for the families, um, we have them for the families. It's a little more expensive. They have um, applications to fill out. They have to have what they call home study done, and that will be done in the state that they live. We work with families from all over the United States, and um, they have a home. They'll do their home study. They submit a profile book, and then just depending on you know every family, some families have different specifications. Um, you know their wait time will kind of depend on those specifications. Um, you know, uh, um, domestic adoption, you know, it can be, it can be very emotional. It can be unpredictable. Um, you know, but, you know, like we tell our family, it is what it is. You know, we do the best that we can to try to make it as smooth as possible, but there are just some things that, you know, we just, you know, can't predict or, um, you know, so that's kind of, did that answer your question? (laughs) Yes, it did. It did. And I know there's so much that goes into it. A lot of the small details and I'm sure the story is it changes on an individual basis. Um, Yes. I was just thinking about some of the other things that we've kind of been hearing in these conversations that are out there right now and how people have been using the excuse if someone has been raped or if it's been incest or if you're going to put this child up for adoption or if they have a disability they're trying to use all of these situations as a negative. Can you share how God's been really working 
in the adoptions where you've seen redemption? Absolutely. Um, you know, we have a, um, I'm, there's one case that comes to mind and it was a young girl. Um, you know, I've had girls to come to our maternity care center as young as 11, celebrate their 12th birthday here. Um, and so, you know, that always blew my mind back then, but now I have a 12 year old. So it really blows my mind now to think, you know, it, it just really puts it in perspective for you. But, um, I had a very young girl one time come up. I, I want to say she was 14 or 15 and, um, she had been, um, she had been raped and, um, they were a church family and they just, you know, abortion was not even an option, which I commend them because they were counseled by some church people that that would probably be the best thing. And the mom was adamant and said, you know, that is not the way we're going to go. And so, um, you know, I, she came, she, um, you know, made an adoption plan. It was a very emotional time for her and her mom. You know, they were dealing with um, the state who had wanted to intervene because of the situation and her age. And so they just had a lot that they were dealing with. It was just very emotional for them and a very hard time. But they they followed through. They picked an amazing, amazing family. And, you know, occasionally I'll see updates of that child. And he is absolutely beautiful. And, you know, he's serving God. He's thriving. You know, I think we heard from that birth mom and her mom um, a, a while back, and they're doing fantastic, and they're just so thankful that they for the choice that they made. Um, you know, that New Beginnings was there to, you know, help them, guide them through that process. It was one of the more difficult cases that we dealt with, and we deal with some pretty, pretty rough stuff. And it's amazing to me that the Lord has turned that absolutely horrendous story into something so beautiful and so positive. And that child, you know, will have eternal life now because of the decision that she made. Wow. Praise Uh, God. Yes, absolutely. Why do you think, because I've heard that a couple of times the last couple of years where there was a situation and they went to seek counsel from a church member. It could be their pastor. It could even be their parent who is apostolic, you know, in the UPC or it could be a youth pastor or someone in the actual organization that they look up to as a mentor. And that person actually said you should have an abortion. What do you think about that kind of situation? Not to condemn them, but just to kind of bring to light that this is actually happening. And this is a actual conversation that young women are actually having these conversations and they're put into these awkward situations where they went to somebody that they thought they could trust and they're telling them something contrary to the word of God. You know, I think, and like you said, not to condemn anyone, because I think for us at New Beginnings, we deal with this every day. So this is just, you know, and and even for us, you know, it just kind of becomes, you know, second nature for us. But for someone who has who doesn't deal with this every day, and for someone who is faced with you know a, a situation in their church, um, you know like perhaps the one I told you, you know it's so horrendous and it's so difficult. You know I think sometimes that people just don't know what to do and they don't even know how to um, how to help guide them through that process, and so they think you know this would probably be the best and the easiest. Um, I would say to that young person, um, you know, if someone is, you know, giving you counsel that goes against the scripture 
and abortion is against the scripture. You know, I would say, you know, call us. Um, you know, we have a 1-800 number. Um, we have a 24-hour, um, you know, text. We would be happy to, um, you know, walk you through that process and just, you know, kind of even just talk to you and help you organize your thoughts, you know, because like I said, I think people just don't know what to say, especially in some situations like that where it's just, they're unthinkable, really. Um, and if you, you know, if you live a, if you have a good family and you live, you know, a, a pretty stable life, some of, some of these cases that we hear are, they're just unimaginable. And so I think somebody who doesn't deal with those on a daily basis just has no idea what to say. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like panic mode. Let's just try and do yes. something quick and easy. And I also yes. do think it does play into our emotions where um, it almost feels like if we can try and take our emotions out of this, then it'll be better. We don't have to feel shame. We don't have to feel guilty about telling other people and maybe the judgment that the church might have on us or the situation. And like you were saying before, how you had mothers come to you after having an abortion the first time and saying, we can't do that again. And so you right. have to realize that it's not an easy solution. There will be lasting effects no matter what. Absolutely. So Corey, I wanted to know, what is your greatest vision for the Be Brave campaign and New Beginnings? You know, we talked earlier about Be Brave. I believe it was orchestrated by God. And we started this a couple of years ago, and it's so interesting to me, like the seed was planted about four years ago. And so we have just, you know, we're a nonprofit. We don't have, you know, just excess funds. So we've just been very slow with it. And we have just, you know, built little by little. But it's amazing to me because, you know, the last year, really, abortion has really become center stage in the United States. And I feel like the Lord has really, you know, I feel like he has, orchestrated this campaign and he has, you know, he put it in our hearts to be prepared so that when this day came, um, we were already started and we were already rolling. And so uh, Be Brave, we started off with a social media campaign. That was really where it was at. It was the, the most inexpensive thing that we could think of. So we started on Instagram because our thought was, you know, the kids will follow us on Instagram and then they will kind of have that top of mind, you know, a, a couple times a week they'll see these little quotes or stats or statistics about abortion. And so maybe if they're in college or high school and they, they know someone that wants to have abortion, they'll say, Hey, I read, you know, I read this thing on this Instagram and they would be able to find us that way. And Mm -hmm. so we started there um, on Instagram. Um, And since then the Lord kind of opened the door for us to develop some curriculum. And so we were able to, uh, we met with youth ministries, the UPCI youth ministries team and, you know, did some brainstorming with them. And we came up with a fantastic four-week curriculum series called Audacious Life. And it's not just about abortion and crisis pregnancy, but it's really uh, talks about just living, living life uh, in obedience to the Word of God and, and being bold and being brave and being audacious and really speaks to these kids you know, to help prevent some of these situations. And so that we were able to develop that curriculum. It's phenomenal. And right now we're offering it free of charge. Um, you can download it off of our website. I know youth ministers are always looking for a good curriculum, you know, on a smaller budget. And so it's it's completely free. It's a four-week series. Um, our website is bebrave.life. 
and they can go on there and download that curriculum, um, you know, and, and go through that with their youth. It's very user-friendly, so a, a team could, you know, teach this to a small group or to a, a campus ministry P7 group. Um, and that was our, that was last year's project. And then this year, since it's an NAYC year, uh, we will promote Be Brave at NAYC. So we're kind of planning our booth. We'll be there with t-shirts, more just um, promotional items, just really, you know, to just get the kids to follow us on Instagram, just so they know where to find us. That's our biggest thing. We want them to know where to find us. Um, and if they need us, we're there. And, you know, I just, for new beginnings, I, I just want us to be able to serve our, our families and to serve, you know, as many girls in crisis pregnancy as we can, as we are able to do. Absolutely. I love that. That's so encouraging and empowering. I love that God brought that together. Corey, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. This was so amazing. I wish we had more time because I could talk to you about this all day because <laughs> it's just something that's really been a passion of mine and a burden as well. Can you please yeah. let us know where online we can give to New Beginnings, help put action to our words, and how to spread the Be Brave campaign? Absolutely. So, um, you know, New Beginnings uh, is, we have a website, it's New Beginnings Adoptions with an S dot org. And you can go to our website, there's links to donate. We also have, um, there's several different video promotional clips if you ever want to share them with your church. There's just lots of information on our website about um, all the areas of our ministry. We have a separate page for Be Brave, and it's bebrave.life. And you can go uh, to that website and download the free Bible study. We also have some hard copies in our office that we will mail out. Um, a lot of people have been just DMing me on Instagram. And so, uh, and follow us on Instagram. It's bebrave underscore life. And so, you know, if you hear this and you're not following us on Instagram, please follow us on Instagram and just, you know, share with other people. If you're going to be at NAYC, come to our booth. We've got buttons. We're going to be giving out locker stickers. We've got t-shirts. Last year, we sold completely out of everything we took. And so come find us at NAYC and just help us to get this conversation going and just raise awareness. Thank you so much, Corey. This was so amazing. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries? It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. For more information about all things Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeshop.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.